So welcome to our Sunday class, uh, the last class from San Diego, November 10th, 2019. Uh, we're going to be reading from Bhagavatam 1.3.35. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So, um, verse 35, evam janmani karmani yakaratur ajanasyacha varnayanti sma kavayo veda guhyani hridpate. Hmm. So, here we're concluding this uh, topic on the avatars of Krishna. The list was given and then observations were made about the avatars, uh, different things were said about them, and also about the universal form, which is not in the same category as the other avatars. And then here the word evam, thus, we're getting a conclusion now. Evam, thus, janmani, the births, this is the plural of janma, birth. Evam, janmani, karmani, and activities, he indeed, a kartur, of one who does not act, ajanasyacha, and of the unborn. So this is a paradox. The, the births of the unborn, the activities of the inactive. Uh, so varnayanti sma kavayo. Kavayo is a plural of kavi, the sage. So the sages, indeed, uh, in the past, uh, describe or narrate these births and actions. And which are Veda Guhyani. The word Guhya in Sanskrit, the verb Gu, G U H, means to conceal. So, for example, Guha in Sanskrit means a cave. And Guhya, a word used often in the Bhagavad Gita, means confidential or secret, something which is to be concealed. So, uh, for example, in the Gita, where Krishna says, Raja Vidya, Raja Guhyam that this is the king of all secrets or of all confidential knowledge. So here we have Krishna's births and actions, activities, described as Veda Guhyani, which means they are uh, concealed, or Prabhupada translates it, undiscoverable by the Vedas. So this is, this is a common theme uh, in the Gita, Bhagavad Gita, also in the Bhagavatam, the inadequacy of the Vedas to reach the highest spiritual knowledge. Veda Guhyani Hritpate. And to the inadequacy, the inability of the, not the inability, but, but the Vedas just don't directly talk about this uh, the way the Bhagavatam does, for example. And Krishna's described here the actions and births of Hritpate, the Lord of the heart. It's very interesting because um, to say that we cannot discover the actions and births, or the Vedas cannot discover them, the Vedas cannot discover them, and uh, they are the, act, the activities of the Lord of the heart, which means that one, that people in general cannot discover their own heart. Because Krishna is the Lord of the heart, 
And if you cannot understand the Lord of the heart, it means you don't understand your own heart. Or in the case of someone who has no love for God, it means one sense they, they don't they, their heart is very weak because they're incapable of loving beyond this very tiny little conception, if they're capable of loving at all. For example, it's a cliche. Everyone says there's so much divorce nowadays. So to say there's so much divorce nowadays, what does that mean? It means that people are having a real hard time uh, loving, or at least they don't know their heart. They think they're in love, but then it turns out they're not. Or the person they thought they loved, they don't really love, or the person they thought loved them doesn't really love them, which means the other person has the same problem. So Krishna is the Lord of the heart, and in an age in which people don't know, don't understand the Lord of the heart, they obviously can't understand their own heart, and that's why there's so many problems in relationships. It's all related here. So as far as the obvious paradox, paradox is an, an apparent contradiction which can be resolved on closer study. The way I put it is these are sort of like, like speed bumps. You know, sometimes in the road, they put these bumps in the road to force you to slow down. And so these are uh, Bhagavatam speed bumps in the sense that if someone is just reading the Bhagavatam superficially, they have to stop and think about this. So obviously the meaning is that Krishna has no material birth, he has no material activities, but he has spiritual spiritual birth and spiritual activities. So the next verse is Savaidang Vishwam Amoghalila Sajatyavatyati Nasajate Smin Bhuteshu Chantarhita Atma Tantra Shadvargikam Jigrati Sadgunesha. So this, as you probably noticed, uh, this verse has a lot more syllables than uh, usual Bhagavatam verses. And uh, the reason is that th this type of tree stoop or there's other words, when you have longer meters, you just have uh, longer lines in the Sanskrit because something important is being said uh, or it's, it's, you know, it's kind of, stop your, again, sort of get you to stop and think a bit. So let's look at that verse. Um, sa, he, that refers to Krishna. Prabhupada translates it, the Supreme Lord. It literally just means he. Sa va, idang uh, vishram. He indeed, uh, srijati, creates avati, uh, maintains, and ati, destroys, uh, this universe. Actually, the word ati literally means consumes, like eats. Like when you eat food, he just swallows it up. And so uh, this is the word ati, from the same root, uh, from the same uh, root in Sanskrit, ad, which means to eat. That's where you get the word anna, like anamrita. So anna means food, from the verb ad, ati means to eat. So Krishna releases, actually, technically the word srijati, which can be translated, creates, as it is translated here, uh, in, in a sense, literally means to release something. So it, it doesn't actually have the sense of creating from nothing, but rather it's simply release, like Krishna releases the Mahatattva. He releases it into, in, into activity. And so Krishna creates and releases the universes. He maintains them and ati, he consumes them, or which is translated here, destroys them. 
And Krishna is described as Amoga Leelaha. His activities, his pastimes are Amoga. So I thought I'd tell you what the word Amoga means in the Sanskrit dictionary. It means unerring, uh, unfailing, in other words, infallible, uh, efficacious, succeeding, hitting the mark, productive, fruitful. So Krishna's activities, his pastimes are infallible. There's never a mistake. And so sometimes we become frustrated in the way Krishna deals with us, but we should remember he is a Mogalila. His pastimes are infallible and there is no mistake. The only mistake is our limited understanding. We can't fully understand the good that's being done for us. So that's the first two lines. So Krishna is described as antarhita, uh, lying within antar, uh, the word Sanskrit word antar, English internal, same word or inner. So within, he's lying or he's he's present within living beings, atma tantraha, uh, and he's uh, completely self-reliant. He's completely self, he's independent. This is a synonym of a word that comes at the end of the first of the first line, of the first verse of the Bhagavatam, swarat. Swarat literally means self-governing. And uh, tantra, uh, either the word swatantra or Atma Tantra means self-reliant, self-sufficient. And then the opposite is Paratantra, which means you depend on others. So Krishna is Swarad, he's self-governing, and he's the only being uh, in existence that is absolutely Atma Tantra, absolutely self-reliant. And then Shad Vargikam Jigrati Shad Ganesha. Here we have twice the word Shad, which means six in the number six. And Shadvargikam, Prabhupada translates, endowed with all the potencies of his opulences, uh, Shadgunesha, he's the lord of the six qualities. And of course, in the Bhagavatam and other literature like this, you very frequently get these lists of six, of four, of five, or of eight, or of eleven, and, and they refer to different well-known lists of things. So here Prabhupada translates it, Shadguna Ishaha, the Lord of the Shadgunas, which translated here as the Lord of the Six Senses, and Shadvargikam Jigrati. So Shadvargikam uh, is an interesting word. Uh, it refers to, uh, it, it could be the, uh, I mean, there's different lists of six here. It could be the, the senses. But what's important here is a list of six in the material world. And some, you know, sometimes it's the senses, sometimes it's other things. But jigrati, jigrati literally means he smells. Like, of course, the word smell in English is kind of not a, an elegant word, but in Sanskrit it doesn't sound so gross. But Krishna, in other words, when you smell the fragrance, when you smell a fragrance, you're not actually in touch. It's perception at a distance. So that's the point here of using the word jigrati. He, he, he smells in the sense that it's perception at a distance. Krishna is not entangled in the material world. Krishna does not take on these material qualities. He perceives them. He's aware of them at a distance. And so that's the idea here.
So that's, a, of course, a verse that has a lot in it. The next verse, another long verse. Uh, so, na kastyan means no one. Kastyan, kastyan in Sanskrit means someone. So if you say not someone in Sanskrit, na kastyan, that's how you say no one. So, nacha, and no one understands by their expertise, nipunena. Uh, nipuna means expert, so nipunena by expertise, by being very skillful and clever, even by skill and cleverness and all that, no one understands uh, uti, uh, the activities um, of the creator, Datur, of the creator. Uh, and it says here, no living being, Jantu. Jantu means, uh, Prabhupada translates it here, living being. Of course, it comes from the Sanskrit root Jan, to take birth. So it specifically means a creature that's born in this world. Someone who takes a normal birth in this world, sort of a normal, miserable birth, cannot understand the Supreme Lord who does not have a material birth because they're in, they're in different categories of existence. So uh, the word avaiti is interesting. Also, it means avaiti, avaiti, which means going, literally going downward. Also, you can use the other word for go, gum, avagachati. Uh, what is that verse? Uh, Krishna says, avagachatvam mamatejam yajadvi bhuti matsatam simarurjitam eva tatta know that all beautiful, magnificent things in this world are but a spark of my splendor. So Krishna uses the word avagacha. So this word, the different verbs to go with the prefix ava, downward, literally means to go deeply into something. Ava is down, like avatara, the one who crosses down. The avatara crosses down into this world. So ava means downward. And the word, the prefix ava, with verbs to go, like to go downward, means to go deeply into something, to understand it deeply. And so that's the word that's used. Again, we can translate it as understand. They don't understand, and that's a correct translation, uh, or you know, to know, but it, it, the literal meaning is actually interesting, to go deeply into something, to understand deeply. So no person who is kumanisha, ku in Sanskrit uh, is a prefix which means bad. And so kumanisha means someone that Prabhupada translates with a poor fund of knowledge. Manisha means a, like someone who's thinking. So kumanisha means someone who doesn't think very well. They're sort of a bad thinker. Just like the word kuyogi in Sanskrit means a, uh, a bad yogi, someone who's not a very good yogi. It's called kuyogi. So no person who is not really wise can understand the activities of the creator. And uh, they may have expertise in material fields, but it won't help you to understand Krishna. So they can't understand, such a person cannot understand Krishna's activities, Namani, or his names. Like why do we chant Hare Krishna? Because Krishna's in his name. But you can't understand that. If, simply by material means. Rupani, his forms, the fact that his forms are spiritual, not material. 
can't understand that either. And 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 a person who's not very wise can't understand these things. Manova chobi, not by the mind, by thinking, not by words. Just trying to talk about it, like let's talk about it. That won't work. Or let me think about it. That won't work either. And so you can't understand uh, the activities, names, and forms of Krishna, who is uh, santanvato natacharyam ivagyaha. It's very interesting. Krishna was displaying or sort of expanding uh, natacharyam, his dramatic performances. This is interesting because uh, the word nata means an actor or a performer in Sanskrit. And uh, and charyam, of course, uh, means activities. Not to hear in the Sanskrit dictionary means uh, an actor, a dancer, a mime. So, nata charya, because Krishna's acting. I mean, first of all, we can't understand Krishna by ourselves because he's infinitely greater than us. And so, how do we understand someone infinitely greater than us? That's you know, without the the mercy of that person. And also, that alone means that you can't really understand Krishna without receiving his blessing. But also, even when Krishna comes to this world, you could say, well, Krishna comes to this world, I'll just take a good look. I'll just study him. I'll read about what he did. No, because Krishna comes natacharya as a performer, as an actor. So he's going to fake you out, as they say. He's going to act sometimes like an ordinary person. He'll act in many different ways. And so forget it. You'll never understand Krishna. He's, he comes as like a performer and Eva Agya. So an ignorant person, Kumanisha, who is sort of dull-witted, not very bright, and uh, cannot, uh, by their own power, understand Krishna. That's what's being emphasized here. You have to be Krishna conscious. You have to surrender to Krishna. You have to approach Krishna, serve Krishna. Otherwise, there's no possibility of understanding him. So the next verse, Saveda Dhatu Padavin Parasya. He understands the path of the Lord, for the glories of the Lord. So it's interesting. Uh, verse 37 told you who doesn't understand. And now the very next verse is going to tell you, okay, these are the people that do understand. Uh, It's interesting, the word padavim, which Prabhupada translates as uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, padavim, parasya. Actually, padavim means the glories of the Lord. Prabhupada translate the word, translates the word padavim as glories. It really, I mean, literally the word pada, which you may recognize, pada means foot. And pada, like parang padam, also means a place, literally where your feet are, like, you know, where you're standing, your standing, your position, your place. And so the word padavi literally means a path, a way. And so that person can understand the path of the Lord, the way the Lord goes from the word pada. So saveda dhatu padavim, he can understand, he does understand the path, the way uh, of the Lord, of the Creator, Datuk, of the Creator, the, of the Supreme Creator, Parasya, Duranta Viryasya, of the Lord, uh, who literally you can never come to the end of his glories. Virya means his heroic deeds, 
his glorious deeds, and duranta, anta means end, like coming to the end, and duranta means you can uh, hardly come to the end of it. In other words, his endless, you can't, uh, his glories which you cannot, which are, you cannot come to the end of. His endless glories. So Veda Dhatu Padaving Parasya Duranta Virjasya Ratanga Pane of the Lord who has in his hand the literally the chariot part. Like like you know, like they're like auto parts, you know, you buy to fix a car. So Anga means a part of something. And Ratanga, in this case, a chariot wheel, because Krishna grabbed the chariot wheel to protect Arjuna from Bhishma. And also his chakra is a wheel is a wheel and so he has in his hand this wheel this 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 disc this chakra and joamaya santatayanu vritya vajeta tatpada saroja gandham so that person can understand krishna who amaya who without maya and Prabhupada translates this as uh, without reservation in other words we're not cheating we're not chanting Hare Krishna, but in our mind we're thinking of something else. Or uh, we claim to be devotees of Krishna, but as soon as my life doesn't go exactly as I want, I feel that what's the use of Krishna? Or I'm just making a show of being advanced in devotional service. I've explained this many, many times. In any society uh, rewards behavior that it wants to encourage, and every society in the world or community uh, discourages baby behavior considered to be undesirable, dangerous, uh, destructive, or whatever, and that behavior is discouraged so, uh, socially. In other words, by people that act that way are shunned, they're criticized, uh, they lose position, people look at them differently, and the opposite for people that do things that a society wants to encourage. And so it's inevitable. You can't have a society unless you encourage people to follow the rules and discourage them from breaking the rules. If you don't do that, you cannot have a community or a society. Now, the as I say, the upshot, the other side of this is that you can join a movement like ISKCON and you can get hooked on the encouragement. You can avoid certain uh, activities, let's say breaking the principles or just whatever activities are frowned upon are not uh, respected in ISKCON, you can avoid those activities because by avoiding them, people like you, people respect you, uh, same thing, you can do things you're supposed to do, get up early, go to, a, go to the temple or even chant rounds or do service, but actually what it's possible that that the the fuel that we're running on is actually the positive reinforcement that it's possible we've seen this because we see people who apparently are doing a lot of service they're big devotees and then the next minute they're gone and so people get confused and say well how did that happen how could someone who was doing so much service just leave or just give up the practice and usually the answer is that the person, uh, without perhaps without knowing it themselves, perhaps without knowing it themselves, was really being encouraged and motivated by all the positive rewards that come from service and sadhana and so on. And then something happened, all that respect, 
all that appreciation suddenly was taken away. And it's like, well, what am I doing here? If I'm not going to be respected, if I don't have that position, if everyone doesn't love me, then I'm out of here, you know, because that's, so, so that's really what happens. And so therefore, the word here is we have to serve Krishna amaya without maya. Not in, in an illusory way. And, and of course, we can deceive ourselves. We can deceive ourselves. We, we may not understand our own motives. So, so we have to serve. We actually, it's going to say here that uh, one who uh, worships Bajeta, one who worships Krishna, Amayaya, uh, without deception, either self-deception or deceiving others, and Anubritya, uh, favorably, Prabhupada translates this favorably, Britta, Britti means to function a certain way, and Anu means following, in other words, following Krishna's desire, following the rules, following the Acharyas, which Prabhupada translates here uh, favorably, and Santataya, uh, Prabhupada translates without any gap. The word tata, you will be delighted to hear, is the past present participle of the verb tan, to expand, to extend. And so tata means extended, expanded, and uh, sung completely. In other words, there are no gaps. It's completely, it's service which is favorable, which is following everything you're supposed to follow, and it's fully extended. Uh, it, it's, you know, without holding anything back and doing it constantly. Uh, so, I mean, I know some people love the Sanskrit. Some people find it boring. I really like it. I think it's, it really sheds a lot of light uh, on what's going on here in the verses. Uh, so anyway, that's Santata, which means stretched, like I said, extended, spread over, uh, uninterrupted. In that sense, it can mean sort of somewhat uh, idiomatically uninterrupted, lasting, eternal, continuously, incessantly. Uh, so that's uh, santataya. So devotional service is favorable, which follows, which is uninterrupted, and which is not deceitful, no self-deception, not deceiving others. So one who is able, one who worships, uh the lord in that way and krishna who's described as tatpa actually what you worship is tatpada sarojagandham uh literally worshiping the fragrance of the uh saroja is lotus literally water born saras means water as in saraswati saraswati the name of the river so here you have another form of the word saro and ja means born so water born is the lotus so there, there are uh, a bunch of words in Sanskrit that literally mean waterborne. Word for lotus, like ambuja, like ambujaksha, lotus eyes are, uh, um, so yeah, ambuja, saroja, and so on, all mean lotus, jalaja. So, and so one who worships the fragrance. So it's very interesting. Here we have another use of this metaphor, this, this imagery of, of, of fragrance and perceiving fragrance. And so the idea is that we are separate from Krishna. We are not God. And yet uh, we worship just the fragrance. And of course here fragrance is being used, obviously, idiomatically, 
it doesn't only mean literally the fragrance, but it means the quality, the effect of, of, of Krishna's lotus feet. It actually means worshiping the feet, technically. It means worshiping the feet, uh, which have the fragrance of a lotus. I mean, as we know, all feet do not smell like lotus flowers. That's very well known. So it's, it's a beautiful verse. It's a complex verse. I mean, it's very poetic. It has a lot of interlocking images. So I think we'll stop there. We did uh, three, uh, we did four verses, not bad. Hope you got your money worth, money's worth. So um, thank you all for listening. Let me see if there's any questions here. I'm going to take a look here at uh, Facebook. See if any, thank you all for listening. Um, so far, no questions. Oh, how often do you visit Mayapur? <laughs> I want to retire there when the temple's completed. Uh, haven't been there lately, I have to admit. Um, I'd like to sort of recreate that spiritual dumb in the west uh how to make improvement in my lifestyle without being fanatical and trying to do everything overnight uh it's called patience it's um not always easy but uh you have to work on it patience so here's another question uh how does one overcome the influence of bad parenting uh Chantari krishna i mean we all have some problem uh, I won't go into all the details of bad parenting. Um, we are all conditioned in different ways. I don't think any of us had perfect childhoods or perfect, perfect adolescence. I mean, all of us are struggling against the conditioning, which comes from our own karma, of course. And so the simple answer is we have to chant Hare Krishna seriously and overcome these things. Okay, I don't see any other questions. If I didn't see your question, uh, sorry about that. You can write me. Thank you all for listening, and I hope to see you all next Sunday. Krishna willing, next Sunday I should be in Northern California, and I hope to see you all there. All right, Krishna.